Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Good morning. I want to begin by saying glory to God, glory to God. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Today we're going to be talking about celebration. I can tell that celebration that's in heaven is already happening here as well today. What a great day. I want to begin this morning before we dive into our scripture by simply thanking you. Many of you have been aware that I have been under the weather this week, but through your prayers and encouragement and a what an encouraging, wonderful staff that we have. I feel that love. And I do ask that you will continue to lift your pastor up as you pray for other staff who've been under the weather as well. It's kind of gone through the church, and we'll make it through this teaching together. But I just had to be here today, and I want to share this message that God has placed upon my heart as we continue with our teaching series. So good to see you today. Welcome to those worshiping online today and those who will be listening to this later on in the week. As Marcy shared, today we're looking at the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. At the beginning of the chapter, Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of people who perhaps feel far from God, people who are broken, people who are messed up. And then we also have another group standing outside this party, a bunch of religious folks who are looking in, and they were criticizing Jesus, basically saying, Jesus, you should know better. You shouldn't be hanging out with those kind of people. And it's in a response to this criticism that Jesus tells three stories in this chapter. The story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son. At the end of each story, we see a great celebration taking place. Probably the third story, the parable of the prodigal son, known in a traditional sense, is the most beloved and well-known story, not only of the three, but in the entire Gospels. And so that's what we're looking at today. It's Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. If you have your Bibles, please go ahead and just look at that. I'll walk us through the story. If you have your Bible app as well, or just following along with the sound of my voice. So Jesus tells about a son who asked his father a question that should never have been asked. He asked for his inheritance now. And basically, in asking that, he was saying, Father, you are dead to me. It was the ultimate insult in the ancient world. Because what you have to understand is, in the ancient Near Eastern culture, honor was everything, and all honor was given to the father. And it was the role of a son to take care of their father and mother, honor your father and mother, and when they would get old, you would take care of them until they died, and at the time of their death, then you would inherit the family business, you would inherit the family farm, you would inherit the family estate. That was the way that you honored your parents and your father in that day. So there are two sons in this story. Both are lost, but I'll save uh, to talk about the other son another time. But the younger son says, I want what's coming to me, and I want it now. I don't want to wait. 
And the father loved him enough to let him go, to bless him and let him go. Sometimes our children disappoint us, anger us. Sometimes they do things that just leave us scratching our head. <laughs> True story that was printed in the USA Today. The date was April 13th, 2017, if you want to look it up. The newspaper reported an eight-year-old boy from East Palestine, Ohio, which is just south of Youngstown, watched a series of YouTube videos on how to drive, and then, true story, he uh, waited till his parents fell asleep one night. He woke up his four-year-old sister. They loaded up the minivan, and they drove two miles down to the nearest McDonald's without a scratch. It really happened. <laughs> he, yeah, don't try this at home, kids, if you are listening. So they get to McDonald's. They order two Happy Meals. The employee said, we figured out something was wrong when he pulled out his piggy bank. We realized that there were no adults with him. <laughs> but this is my favorite line from the USA newspaper article. It says this, quote, when confronted by police, the boy realized he had done something wrong and told them through tears that he just really wanted a cheeseburger. <laughs> I like that kid right there. <laughs> This younger son in the story did something much worse than simply driving underage or ordering fast food. He asked for his inheritance, and he left the family. He left the community. He went out on his own. Verse 13, Jesus said not long after that, he set off for a distant land and squandered his wealth in wild living. So I picture in my mind he's... He's taken off to a foreign land. He's got Stefan Wolfs, born to be wild, blaring over the camel audio system. He's making his way to Las Baghdad or Las Vegas or Hollywood or some other exotic city like Zanesville, Ohio or Piqua. He's looking for, I lived in both Zanesville and Piqua, okay, so I, I love those towns. He's thinking the grass is always greener, but we know the truth of life is sometimes that green grass is green because it's growing over a septic tank, amen? And we learn from the older brother later in this story that this younger brother wasted all of his money on prostitutes and while living. And when he didn't have any money, he didn't have as many friends. It seemed like he wasn't just that cool of a guy. <laughs> he wasn't really that attractive anymore. And then, to add injury to insult, disaster struck. A famine hit the land. And this young boy did something that any good Jewish kosher boy would never do. He found himself working on a hog farm, taking care of the pigs. And he got to the place that he was so desperate that he even said he found what the hogs were eating to be appetizing to him. He was that desperate. 
But here's the good news. Sometimes God does his best work in the pig pens of our lives. Amen? Now look what happened next in the story. And if you're following, I'll just read it to you. Verses 17 to 19 says this. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Now, let's look back up at verse 17 again. It says, when he came to his senses, underline that in your mind. Underline that in your Bible if you do right there. When he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he started back home. Do you ever remember a time when you were in so much trouble that you realized, in a sense, you came to your senses, that you couldn't get out of this pit on your own? You needed some help. You couldn't save yourself. There comes a place, perhaps, when we hit rock bottom, we realize that we cannot climb out on our own. Now, this happened to me. It's happened to me several times. One thing that I recall just a couple years ago it was in the winter of 2020. An afternoon, I decided to take a motorcycle ride out of Athens, where I was living at the time as district superintendent, 20 miles west into the Zaleski State Forest. I don't know how many are familiar with that remote part if you are listening to this out of state. This is in southeast Ohio, the Appalachian part of our state. This was in a very remote area. For those who know the state of Ohio well, this is down by Lake Hope and the Moonville Tunnel, but way out. I did not tell my wife where I was going that day. That was mistake number one. It was a winter day, uh, January the 11th, 2020, and I had heard on the news that a major winter storm was sweeping up from Cincinnati and would be in the area in about three hours. So I thought, well, I have this window that I'll go out. And there's a picture of my bike just out in the forest of Ohio, as far as wilderness can go in the state of Ohio, I mean, and that's it. And I was cruising down through the forest, 40, 50 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, every warning light on that BMW went off. I knew I was in trouble. I hit something my back tire, and the PSI, the air in my rear tire went from 40 to zero in 30 seconds. Now, I realized I was in trouble because I was out of cell range. The nearest sign of life was about three miles back down the road over the hills when I passed a farmhouse. This was not a place with a lot of traffic. So, I started to assess my situation, started to pray, started to wonder, now, what am I going to do? Thinking, do I have the tire kit that I need and realize I did not? And I waited for about 15 minutes, and then my salvation came. A car came. I don't know if he was more scared than me, but I stood out in the middle of the road and stopped the car. He couldn't help me, but he said, would you like a ride back into Athens? And I made another mistake. Sometimes when we're in those desperate situations, we don't think clearly, right? Have you ever been there? And I said, oh, no, I don't want to leave my bike out here in the forest all alone. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You go back into Athens, 
and he was on his way. When you get into cell range, call the Athens County Sheriff. Tell him I'm stuck out here. A storm is coming. <laughs> Think of my logic here. Not too good at the moment. And, um, or tell him to send a tow. He said he would. I waited and waited. An hour passed. No sign of life. Hour 15 passed. No sign of life. What would you do? That farmhouse was at least a 45-minute walk. And about that time, another little pickup truck came. This time, I wasn't letting that guy go. The guy got out, and we played around. He went in the back of his truck. It was too small to put our, my bike in the truck. But we were able to plug the tire from his supplies and mine, and we pumped up the tire enough that I was able to ride in town. And so it has a good end to that story. But here is what I learned from that that I want to share, that I made a serious mistake, that I could not save myself. I admit, and it's hard to admit, that our choices sometimes put us in places, and it's hard to admit when we need help. The truth be told, I shouldn't have been riding on that winter day without telling my wife where I was at. I could have been in western Ohio hanging out at Tip City. She wouldn't have known, right? Um, I was in an area without cell coverage. I didn't have a satellite phone. And most motorcyclists would know this. I should have had a plug kit with me. The lost son finally came to the place where he realized that he was over his head. He was in the pig pen of life. He needed help. He needed to look back home. He needed his father's help. There are two things, at least, I think the lost son discovered that we need to discover today. Very practical, relevant stuff that we can take with us today. If we ever want to find our way back to God, and it's this. First of all, coming home begins with the desire to leave where you are saying, I don't want my future to be like my past. You got that, church? That's the first step where you acknowledge, I don't want my future to be like, I can't imagine living in this hell the rest of my life. I need a change. However, there's a trend, now listen very carefully, in parts of the church today, and I know this because I've been an overseer in the church. There's a trend within many pockets of the church to justify, make excuses for, and enable people to stay in the pigsty. They would rather paint the pigsty They'd rather advocate for bigger and better hold pens than they would to set people free. And I want to say something to you that you'll understand if you've ever been part of a recovery or deliverance ministry. They'll say the same thing. You'll never find salvation. You'll never find deliverance. You'll never find freedom until you come to the place where you desire to have a future that's better than your past. Amen? That leads us to the second. Coming home begins not simply with a desire, but secondly, to leave where you are. It continues by taking a first step towards God. There are a lot of people who live 
with regrets in the Miami Valley. There are a lot of people that live in the woulda, coulda, shouldas, or I wish this would happen, wishful thinking, but they are unwilling to take a step. About four years ago, because of bad eating habits and not exercising and feeling sorry for myself, I'd gained about 30 more pounds than I am today. And I'd wake up miserable in the morning, and I'd complain, and I would carry on, not feeling well. My wife, Rachel, finally said, you know, I love you, but I'm sick and tired of hearing you gripe and complain, and you'll continue to eat at the same places all the time, never exercising. You're a broken record. There she is right there. There comes a point, right, you know this, where we have to make a decision to take a step. The good news is we live in a community when we make that step, we don't have to do it alone, right? <laughs> that we have people who will come alongside and, and encourage us along the way. That's what repentance is, actually, to change. We talked about that last week. Remember, it's a 180. You're going one direction. It's much more than just boo-hoo, I feel sorry, but it's to turn around. That's what the word in Greek repentance means. We go the other direction. And deliverance and coming home continues when we take that step. We take that step towards home. Coming home to God is much more than wishful thinking. There's a point of action involved. Here's the question. Why is it so hard to do? Because it is. Why do you think it took so long for this boy to come to his senses? Well, there's something here the first century Jewish audience would have known that we have a hard time knowing because we don't fully grasp the, the first century culture. But this boy knew that he faced rejection. Anytime that a Jewish boy would leave his family in the way that he left it for the Gentiles, he was not only leaving his dad, he was not only leaving his mom, he was not only leaving his brother, but he was leaving the community. And there was an ancient uh, ritual in Judaism at the time in which they would stand at the edge of town if someone would come back and it was called Kaza, where they would, which literally means to cut off, to break off. And they would symbolically take a piece of pottery and they would shatter it on the ground as if to say, you have broken this community. You have broken this family. You have broken us. And so therefore, we cut you off. It was a shunning. It was an excommunication. And this boy knew that he faced that. But when he came to his senses, he realized that even his father's hired hands had it better. He was willing to take the step. He was willing even to be rejected by his community and his father. And we see the older brother in the story. That's what he wanted. And so actually there are two lost sons in this story. But that will be for another sermon. And you'll hear plenty of those in the future, right? This younger son knew that he had rejection before him. But he was willing to come home. He's practicing his speech. He's ready to give it to his dad. But what he doesn't know is that his father has been looking for him. His father's been searching for him. Isn't this great? His father's been scanning the horizon. I can just picture this older man. Maybe he's every day. He's at the fence post and he's waiting. He's looking over the horizon. Will this be the day? Will this be the day? Will this be the day? And then finally he sees him. 
One of the most beautiful verses in the New Testament is the 20th verse of Luke 15. Let's look at it together here. So he got up, meaning the younger son. Let's read this together so I don't feel so alone here that you're awake this morning. Would you read this together? So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son. Do you see that? He ran to his son. I mean, this was unheard of. Now, remember Jesus here, he is making the connection of the father in this story to who? To God, right? And so this is the only place in the Bible where God ran. (laughs) This was unheard of in the ancient culture, that the man of honor would run because men would wear tunics, and to run would show their bare legs, which would be beneath them to ever do that in public. And yet here, in a sense, God throws his dignity aside, and he runs to us. That's the care and love of God in Christ that's offered to us today. My son who was lost, my daughter who is lost, has come home. Kill the fatty calf. We're going to have a celebration beyond your wildest dreams, even more singing than what's been on this stage this morning. For my son who was lost is now found. It all started by saying he came to his senses. I posted on Facebook yesterday If any of you are my friends, and if you're not, if you want to be friends, I'd love to connect there too. I've always liked that old Eagles song, Desperado. Some of you know that song, right? Some of you are not old enough yet, but go ahead. You can listen to little classics from the 70s. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? There it is. There's that line. You've been out riding fences for so long now. Oh, you're a hard one, but you've got your reasons. But the things that are pleasing you will hurt you somehow. And then there's the bridge. And then that final line. I love it. I love it. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? Come on down from your fences. Throw open the gate. It may be raining. There's a rainbow above you. You've got to let somebody love you. And I would add, you've got to let my Jesus love you (laughs) before it's too late. Well, I don't know your story. You say, Pastor, you don't know where I've been. You don't know the journey that I've been on. And really, you don't know my story. And you don't know really the story of Everyone in this room, we all have them. We all have life experiences. We're all shaped by our past. Your story is not my story. Your story is not exactly the story of the lost son in this story. But whether you're sitting in the balcony today or whether you're down here or whether you're worshiping online, all of us have a story. But really, although we may be different, we all have the same story. All of us, just like this son, we're looking for at least three things. We're looking for love. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for meaning. Here's what I know. Listen. 
You'll never find what you're looking for running to some distant land. You're only going to find it, what you really are longing for, when you come home to God. And I've been praying for you this week. I really have. I've been praying for those right here and here, whoever to sit here and here and here. It was a tough week for some of our staff with sickness that tried to knock us out, but we're still going. (laughs) But I've been praying this would be a significant moment for someone or someone in your family that's not here that's on your heart today. That this would be a come-to-your-senses kind of a morning, kind of a moment, where you would feel the Father's love And I promise if you would just take one step towards God, towards home, God will take 10 steps running to you. God says, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son. Welcome home. Welcome home. God, I thank you that your word's true. And we're never too far, no matter where we roam from home. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It even comes running after us. Thank you that even at the cross, Jesus took this sin of ours and he was cut off but you gave him life forever. Today, Lord, we come home in the name of Jesus. We also pray for those close on our hearts, Lord, who are wandering. We intercede for them today, and we ask, God, that you will touch them in whatever place they are with your love and grace. Thank you, Lord. This is a place where the lost are found. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.